0: Welcome to Start Local, where we talk with business owners, leaders of nonprofits, and other members of our community focused on doing business in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. Each episode will provide insight into the local business scene and tell you about opportunities to connect with and support businesses and nonprofits in your local area. Welcome to Start Local, where we connect with local leaders to support local businesses and nonprofits in and around Chester County, Pennsylvania. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I am in the podcast studio today with my co-host, Joe Casabona. Joe, how are you, friend?
1: Liam, I'm great. Glad to be back for another episode of Start Local with you.
0: Oh, it's awesome to have you here. Thank you for being here today. So, Let's start uh, our conversation today with a quick reminder about the in-person event we're organizing for February, March of 2024. That's next year, folks. We get a lot of requests from folks interested about meeting in person. So we think the time is right for us to gather together over good food and good beverages.
1: We are close to finalizing our specific location and date, and we will share them as soon as we have them. In the meantime, you can head over to startlocal.co, that's startlocal.co, and click on subscribe now. It's at the top of every page. And when we know the details, we'll send them out to you via the list that you sign up for there.
0: Today, we are so pleased to be in the company of Sue Miller, a local farmer and cheesemaker. Together with her husband, and their two sons. Sue owns and runs Birch Run Hills Farm in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. Local foodies will definitely recognize the Birch Run Hill Farm name from its range of award-winning cheeses. Yes, cheeses. We're in for a treat today, folks. On a side note, our little team of co-hosts had a pretty rough and tumble fight over which of us would get to be on with this interview with Sue today. We all wanted to be here. And as you heard from our intro... Joe and I won the fight. Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to like have a moment to sit down and chat all things Chester County and cheese with you.
0: Oh, and we're so glad that you're here. You're a cheesemaker and a farmer. We know you and your family started in dairy farming. Talk us, talk us through the journey you made into actually making cheese and not just milking the cows.
2: Yeah, so here on the farm, it's my husband, Ken, and our two grown sons, Randy and Jesse. When we first started um, farming, we did not have this multi-generational equity in the land. Um, The ownership of the farm, it kind of had skipped a generation. Ken's uh, grandfather had been a dairy farmer, but he had sold the cows in the fifties. And Ken's father was a school teacher. But all he ever wanted to do was to farm, to be a farmer, to be in a tractor, to be with cows, to be on the land. And um, I have to chuckle because when you run into anybody who's known him since he was a kid, they knew for sure he would be a farmer. But because of this sort of difference in you know, the equity of this ground that we hadn't been farming it generationally, um, it kind of changed some things for us as dairy farmers. The price of milk on the commodity market was very erratic, making it super challenging for us to be able to kind of maintain and make ends meet. We are just challenged financially, you know, just typical challenges of a small family farm. And so one day I literally woke up and I thought, maybe I should learn how to make cheese. And My husband is just really supportive, and he was like, well, you know, see what you can find out about it. And I searched around, and I found a cheesemaking class from this amazing organization here in the state called PASA, which stands for the Pennsylvania Association for Sustainable Agriculture. And they were hosting a cheesemaking class with a cheesemaker from Vermont whose name is Peter Dixon, and he's remarkable. Peter Dixon has traveled all over the country, in fact, even through Europe, teaching cheesemaking. He's been a cheesemaker for well over 45 years and um, is just really giving of this knowledge. So I was really fortunate to be able to kind of talk my way into this class because the class was booked full. But I had the secret message to get me into the class. I said, you have to let me in. I don't care that it's booked up. The future of my farm depends on it. And so I got entry into the class and uh, really was a great opportunity for me to learn some real basic skills about cheese making, which, you know, started us on this path that we've been on for the last 17 years. And it's the whole reason the farm still exists here today is because of cheese.
1: Wow. Uh, That is quite a story. Uh, And it has had an incredible payoff, right? Because you and your family were recently named as the uh, as 2023 Chester County Farmers of the Year, uh, given as an award by the county and the Chester County Agricultural Development Council. Uh, You were recognized for your dynamic business model, commitment to sustainable farming practices and local food system advocacy. Uh, Given everything you just told us, what does that award mean to you?
2: Well, it's really meaningful to our family. You know, we're out here like working and farming and just trying to like keep the milk moving essentially. I mean, and maybe it is a little bit different for our family in because we really connect with customers and consumers more than most farmers do. So, we get to, you know, interact with other folks, but really to have that ag community and the county recognize that What we're doing is interesting, um, that they think we're innovative, that they have some respect for the sustainable farming practices that we implement here on the farm by practicing regenerative agriculture is kind of a big deal for us. You know, it gives you like a sense of purpose and I guess pride in the daily work that really is part of our life. It's kind of cool.
0: It's totally cool. So you make all sorts of cheeses at your farm and as someone who gets delightfully overwhelmed by the the cheese uh, cabinet the cheese shelf at the grocery store and the fancier stores how do you, I just struggle how would you even decide what sort of cheese to make and then how do you go about coming up with a recipe that perhaps is unique or brings something different to market compared to whatever other cheese has how do you decide about that
2: Well A lot of it happens because of, of a personal interest. You know, for instance, the Bertrand Blue, I always love blue cheese. So that was one of the first cheeses that we developed. And honestly, it's probably one of the most challenging cheeses out of all the cheeses to work, um, to make from a technological standpoint, from cheese technology. It's very temperamental. Um, so I'd say when I picked that one, it was a little bit of a rookie mistake. Maybe passion over process. And I always have to laugh because every gray hair I have kind of came from Bertrand Blue. But, you know, now we're old friends and we know each other pretty well, but it could be a little bit of a rocky start in the beginning with that blue cheese. We also had a cheese named Equinox that we started with, and our milk really lent itself to this Alpine-style cheese. So that's another way we determine. Generally, we pick cheeses because we're interested in eating them ourselves and we really love them. And I think that's a great place to start you know, we also kind of look and see what is out there in the market. And during the pandemic, we added a lot of cheeses to our product line because things shifted in the world. So then I was working on selling most of our cheeses direct to the customers or direct to our retail partners. And I walked into the case at, you know, these little retailers and I saw what was missing. And I said, hey, if we make a feta, would you, a feta style cheese, would you be interested? So passion, purpose, um, compatibility with the milk, I guess are really the three key reasons we choose to develop a cheese.
1: Wow. Uh, that's, uh, as, as somebody who Liam knows, I can't make anything in the real world. All of my creations are digital. That sounds really interesting to me. I'm also a huge, I mean, I'm Italian, so I love cheese. Um, Let's let's uh, kind of switch gears though and talk about the cheese selling process. Um, we know that you sell at local farmers markets and you have a wonderful wine and cheese happy hour every Friday, which I'm going to have to take my wife to. We usually just do that in our house. So it'll be nice to get out of the house and do that. Um, how do you approach getting your products sold at grocery stores and, and bought by restaurants?
2: Well, when we first started making cheese... You'll have to remember before that we were shipping milk on the commodity milk market to a cooperative and we had to take the price that we were given on this, you know, commodity level. And so when we started to make cheese, we thought we have this really great opportunity to take the milk that is so beautiful and so well suited for cheese making and really uh, be able to identify a great price point and get that retail price so most of our cheese when we started was sold at farmers markets And honestly, 16 years ago, there really weren't as many cheesemakers around. Not that people see each other as competition, but it really was sort of this open opportunity for anybody making cheese. So farmer's market was A, number one, selling, you know, setting our price and selling direct to customers in that way. Because when you show up at a farmer's market, you really have a captive audience of people who are like-minded. They're looking for something unique. They're looking to support a local producer. They, um, you know, are interested in maybe the health benefits and the farming practices, all of which I felt that we were very much in alignment with a lot of the farmer's market shoppers. It wasn't long, though, after we were doing that, that um, Retailers like DeBruno Brothers or locally here in Chester County, Kimberton Whole Foods uh, was interested in carrying our products. And then also restaurants. One of the early restaurants that we worked with was um, the White Dog Cafe, which is a very iconic restaurant for farm-to-table and supporting the farmers of the region. We really owe Judy Wicks, the founder of that, so much. And since it's been... Um, That restaurant group has expanded, um, but people just started to hear about us and really came to us looking for something interesting and unique and was of the quality that they were accustomed to. So I think that that was really exciting for our family farm.
0: And understandably so. You have a herd of 80 cows. What's it like being responsible for so many animals? I have two bounties and I struggle. (laughs) <laughs> but not just animals. But you have these wonderful living creatures that you rely on for your business, for your livelihood, for the to enable your family to flourish.
2: Yeah, I. It, it, it's kind of funny because if I put this into a framework in the world of dairy farming, this day and age, eighty cow herd is actually pretty small. Um, it used to be that we were. We milked more than the average size farm in the U.S. or in Pennsylvania. And now we're below the average size nationally and in Pennsylvania. I think um, in Pennsylvania, average dairy farm is now 115 cows and we have 80. So while it sounds like a lot of animals to you, to us, it's just commonplace. You know, it's what we do. And I like to kind of think of the cows on this farm as extended members of our family. Right. We're with them all day long, every day, milking them, caring for them, um, doing the health work with them that it doesn't, you know, seem like this awesome responsibility. It's just who we are and what we do. You know, we get up in the morning, we go to the barn first thing out there before 6 a.m., you know, checking on the cows, getting them fed, taking care of them, um, Checking on the dry cows to see if any baby calves have been born, you know, caring for them, feeding the young stock. So we have about 80 milk cows and then we have about 80 young heifers from calves up to ready to have a calf here on the farm. And um, it's just what we do. They all have names and they all have numbers. People often ask about that. Do your cows have names? I was like, yes, they do. But they also have a number. The number is great for us for, you know, our record keeping. And while we know their names and call most of them by their names, sometimes we call some of the cows by their numbers because that becomes like a personal connection too. Um But I always think that's funny because people will say, oh, I guess it seems more impersonal if they have a number. But on this farm, even if they're called the number, it's like their name. (laughs) But they have both.
1: That's amazing. I think I wouldn't be able to help myself. I'd have to name one of my cows like 24601, like from uh, Les Mis. That's um, (laughs) Valjean's number. Um, Okay, so uh, uh, we've talked about the number of cows you have. Uh, What about the number of people? Can you talk a little bit about the day-to-day running of a farm and cheese business and about how many people it takes to do that?
2: Yeah, like I said, it's my husband, Ken, and our two grown sons, Randy and Jesse, who after college came back to work with us on the farm. And that is really important to think about because most small family farms of our size, the next generation is not coming back. Not because maybe they don't want to, but because there may not be opportunity to. And really, it's because of us um, sort of going value added and making cheese that they felt that they could come back and be a part of it and help us grow this farm into the future. We're really fortunate. Ken, he manages um, growing all the feed, you know, uh, farming the ground, making the crop rotation, uh, working with landowners, because our farm is actually very f- small. It's only 54 acres, and we farm about 500 acres total, um, that we have to manage our relationships with landowners in the community, which we've been farming some of this ground for 35 or more years. Um, I like to think that we're doing a pretty good job of taking care of it and building the organic matter in the soil so that we can leave it better than it was when we started. That's his job. That is a very um, serious part of this operation, making sure that we're growing the right crops in the right rotation, maintaining the soil, and have enough feed for the whole year for the cows. So that, Liam, is where that responsibility comes in because we want to make sure we have quality feed all year long. Um Randy, our oldest son, he's the herdsman here. He That means he's taking care of the cows. He's up there with them, making sure that they're milked properly, they're happy, they're healthy, they're content. You know, he does all the reproductive work. He does most of the veterinarian work with them, the health work. And he has the best job ever in taking care of all the calves. So we like to say when there's a calf born on the farm, it's like your birthday, you know. It's not bad when there's a calf born. And if it's a little heifer or a female, it's even better. Uh, Jesse, our other son, he works half on the farm with uh, Ken and Randy and half the time here in the cheese business. He really manages our farmer's markets, our farmer's market program. He works with our retailers and our restaurants, and he manages our online presence. Uh, sometimes I feel like he gets a little bit caught in a tug of war, you know, because there's field work to be done. But then we still have a farmer's market. So it takes a little bit of maneuvering between the whole family to make that work. I have um, another cheesemaker who works with me. I'm really lucky to have Sam Kennedy, who's been making cheese for almost about the same amount of time I have been here working with us. Previously, he made cheese at the Farm of Doe Run right here in Chester County, which has award-winning cheeses there as well. They sure do. And I have another coworker, Drew Bristol who comes from the restaurant industry, the world of hospitality. And he really runs our affinage or cheese aging program downstairs in the caves. Um, he's really great with the customers. And, um, you know, between all of us, I think we have this great vision of where the cheese is going, um, how to use it in culinary world, how to pair it well with different accompaniments, wines, um, beers, spirits, non-alcoholic beverages. And it really takes all of us here on the farm to kind of see all of this to fruition.
0: That is a very involved process. I did not realize. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's not just a farm. It's a proper business. So there's going to be some complexity. Thank you for walking us through that. I want to change gears a little bit um, and ask you about collaboration. So, Certainly, we've seen a lot more breweries, more wineries and distilleries popping up in and around our county, but the the greater area as well. Talk about uh, how you might collaborate with other cheesemakers, other creameries uh, locally, or is it more of a rigid competition? This is my cheese, your cheese, don't move my cheese. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's so funny who moved the cheese you know the cheese making community is really a special group of people because there's not sort of this um, legacy of cheese making here in Pennsylvania I feel like all of the cheese makers are really great about working together to support each other listen we have a lot of customers in this mid-Atlantic region and I don't think any of us are sitting any on cheese that we can't move so I think that we really appreciate working collaboratively or we like to support each other. We like to share um, technical information with each other. You know, it's a tough business and the more we can support each other and help each other, the stronger we will be together. And the more we turn people on to these styles of cheeses, the better it is for all of us. You know, if I'm out there talking about cheese and I meet people from western Pennsylvania, I'm seriously going to send them to, like, goat rodeo dairy to get cheese in Pittsburgh or, you know, build some relationships with other people. Uh, I also work with another cheesemaker In Berks County at the Valley Milk House, Stephanie Angstadt, she's an amazing young cheesemaker, and we do a cheese CSA called The Collective Creamery with another woman who's a food writer, Alex Jones. And a way that we can also partner with other cheesemakers is to bring in guest cheeses into this cheese csa program each month people can sign up for four cheeses generally there are two from valley milk house and two from bertrand hills but we really love in the bulk of the season to bring in cheeses from other cheesemakers and expose them to our members and that's a really fun thing i also like to partner with um cheesemakers sometimes to um, come up with a new cheese. For instance, the folks at Amazing Acres were retiring and selling their business to new folks, and we developed a goat and cow's milk blue cheese called Truly Blue. That was a great partnership. I think sometimes we get busy and we forget to like make time for some of these things that I love having this conversation right now because it's a reminder to me that, oh, maybe I need to get together with another cheesemaker and collaborate on... Some like new fun cheese that's not available right now anywhere in the region.
0: Well, if you need anyone to taste test and kind of quality control on some of those early cheeses, I'm pretty sure Joe and I would be happily to stop by the farm and, you know, volunteer and just help where we can.
1: Absolutely. We can make it, you know, like a special start local live stream, you know.
2: (laughs) I think so, too. We could pull out the old cheese board and, you know, do a little taste testing. It would be important. (laughs) <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. Um, so uh, this whole process is super interesting to me. Um, and I'm really curious. I read an article a few years ago about kind of like the global supply chain and how like how things that are perishable get shipped long distances. Uh, but I'm curious, is there anything special about the environmental climate uh, in Chester County that lends itself well to cheesemaking? making?
2: Well, first of all, we're in one of the greatest agricultural regions in the world. You know, Chester County has the most fertile, non-irrigated arable soil with Lancaster wow. County in the world. Like, that's a big deal. That's why we, people get, you know, we're so concerned about... um losing so much farmland, you know, because once it's gone, it's gone forever. But I think because of this culture of ag in the region, you know, it really does a lot to um, sort of speak to the terroir of the cheeses of the county. We have these beautiful rolling hills, you know, exceptional quality streams all throughout the county. And all of these little microclimates really are, I don't know, kind of contribute to the flavor of the region. I often think that the cheeses of Chester County sort of have a mushroom equality. And honestly, that's not a pun on the mushroom industry because it just (laughs) happens to be that we're in the mushroom capital of the world, right? Kennett Square is not too far away. But you can travel around the United States and really kind of get these flavor regions is what I'm going to call it. And Chester County has one that's kind of unique to sort of a mushroominess. You can definitely see them and taste them in the cheeses that I'm producing and in some of the other cheeses made in the region. And then, you know, if I would like to go to a counterpart of that, if you travel into the Northeast Kingdom or northern Vermont, you really kind of pick up a flavor of or the terroir of that region, which to me is almost like this peanut buttery Quality, a peanutty quality that kind of comes through from the terroir and, you know, the microflora of that area is really contributing to the flavors. Listen, can I prove this scientifically? I can't, but I can talk about it because I can taste it and I can taste it in other people's cheeses. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. The science just doesn't have to prove it. Um, You can really get it in the sense of the terroir, like you do with wine. We talk about cheese a lot, like you would talk about a wine.
1: Yeah, thanks for that. Um, can you uh, can you just explain, you kept uh, using this word to refer to the soil, uh, the kind of soil that uh, we have here. Um, can you repeat that for us and then kind of explain what kind of soil that is for the listeners to understand?
2: Okay, when I said non-irrigated arable Ground. Okay. So arable is basically farm, farm ground, ground, farmland. So, um, a lot of places, like if you go to Iowa, the soil there is irrigated to get these high yields because they just don't have the water there the way we have it here to grow. Or, you know, um, maybe they don't have the weather system to support the growth. So, when I talk about non irrigated, we're not you know, irrigating with water in the fields, and we have this really high fertility. Now, if we were to say irrigated arable ground, maybe Chester County would not rise to the top. But without any kind of involvement from, you know, technology in that way, just the pure soil, the pure quality of it, it's some of the best in the world. And Lancaster County neighboring and i would say as you go further like into southern chester county and then western chester county that's where some of the very best soils are you get up here into the part of chester county where i am chester springs it gets a little bit hilly and rocky but we still have great loamy soils and so it's a fantastic foundation for us to to base our you know farming program on our regenerative ag- agricultural plan on this soil and caring for it
1: Awesome. Thank you for that. That is uh again that's really interesting to me. I um I'm a I enjoy uh cigars and so I've toured some of the cigar like tobacco farms in this area and that it's just kind of fascinating to me that whole process. Yeah.
0: Several local municipalities have embraced
1: breweries, wineries
0: and distilleries sometimes changing laws or zonings to try to create a deeper sense of community. Uh, We know that you have a uh, flourishing community around your farm and your cheese making. And on Friday nights, you have a wonderful happy hour where a local winery, the garage, come out and, and folks can come and get locally Local wine and local cheese and a number of other local charcuterie type products, local breads and the like. Um, and I've been there a few times, and it definitely has a community feel to what you're doing there. Um, but maybe you can talk a little bit about how, how your township has supported you and, and maybe offer some, some thoughts to any other township in the area that might want to attract cheesemakers. What should they be doing?
2: Well, first of all, in Pennsylvania, we have the Right to Farm Act that is sort of a right that, you know, you cannot impede agricultural Activity, So we're protected from that, that standpoint um, through the state. But also here in West Vincent Township, we have an ag security district that our farm is in, and that ag security district um, protects the farm from nuisance complaints. So let's just say uh, we were spreading manure and somebody didn't like it. Um, this fact that we're in this ag security district would protect us from that because we have the right to do it as long as we're doing it, you know, in a, the proper way, um, you know, and not ha- not having run off into the streams and whatnot. We're protected for that. I think that as farmland gets to be less and less, you know, there's a concern over protecting it because for one thing, if we build houses, that's going to really change the um the tax structure, you know, we'll have more students going to the schools, more land and more open land, you know, kind of saves money on school taxes. So from a standpoint, it's very attractive for a township to want to embrace farms continuing in the region. And so for us, we really wanted to be able to kind of meet a few goals by having this happy hour on the farm. We wanted to be able to have our neighbors come and see what we're doing, you know, as far as the farm, um, to be able to feel a connection to a farm in their neighborhood. Because as we know, more and more generations are getting further removed from farming. You know, if you go back in your families, there's probably you knew somebody who was a farmer or your grandparents lived next to a dairy farm or your uncle had a farm or somebody raised beef cows. As the world is changing, there's less and less of a connection to that. So we really wanted people to be able to feel a connection to the farm and be able to relate to the seasons of the farm because of that connection by coming here. We also um, wanted to build more community and be able to like bring more of our cheese in our neighborhood. We realized that probably our cheeses were more well-known in Philadelphia and um, areas where we had a farmer's market presence than they were right here in our backyard. We had neighbors going by and they said, oh, we always wondered what that was there. We didn't realize that you were making cheese. We had no idea. So it was a really great way to educate the people in our community about where their food comes from. Or about what hidden gems are here right under our noses. Um, our neighbor, Sharon Taylor, just up the hill of Lay Garage Winery, is an amazing winemaker. And um, she does not have a tasting room at her production facility. She actually has a VW bus that's her tasting room. Ivy, the wine bus, right? It When... Sharon pulls up with that wine bus, it brings instant joy to everyone who sees it. Who doesn't love yes, it? Yes,
0: it does. Yes, <laughs> it does.
2: And what a great way to um, talk about cheese than to pair it with wine. Uh, we also have non-alcoholic pairings that you can have here on the farm, too, if you're not interested in drinking wine. But remember, wine's an agricultural product, too. So... Um, I think it's a great synergy for people to come and celebrate kind of the bounty of West Vincent Township, Chester Springs, right here on the farm. And you cannot when you come here and you get a cheese board or grazing board and you sit down at one of the picnic tables, the cows are right there. You're looking right at them. The cows who produce the milk to make the cheese. And then you gaze out across our little valley at hills that we've been farming for over 40 years. And you can see where some of the feed is grown for the cows. Now, if people can't make the connection between that and the cheese they're eating, I don't know. But That is one of the biggest purposes that we have is that we really want people to feel the connection to the food and to really like, you know, understand like what's happening here. So that uh, if they drive down the road and there's a tractor they're following, like they'll have a little patience because they'll be like, oh, well, that's Ken. Ken's going to the field to spread manure (laughs) or Ken's going to bale hay or here he comes back with the hay wagon. Oh, we know the cows that that feed is going to support. And I think there's a real beauty to that in the community when we're, you know, thinking about that. And the same for us as we get to know our neighbors, like we get to know the families, the kids, what they like to eat and, you know, um, their favorite cheeses. And I think that makes life just a little bit richer for everyone.
1: That's great. One of the big benefits for me for this show, since I'm a transplant in the Chester County, is that I get to learn about all these amazing businesses, local businesses, opportunities, and I definitely have uh, our next date night for my wife and I, for my wife and me planned. Uh, Really excited about that. Um, In that same vein, uh, can you tell us about a local area business or nonprofit that more people should know about?
2: Well, I was talking about this um, Pennsylvania Association for Sustainable Agriculture, and um, they are statewide, but they have a really strong presence here in Chester County because when you come across a vegetable farmer that you might know or a local winery or maybe even a brewery or a cheesemaker like me, there's a really good chance that they're a member of PASA. Or if you're somebody who's interested in, you know, growing food on your own property or having a vegetable garden or fermenting, this organization could possibly have some workshops that would benefit you. So um, you can go on their website. It's PasaFarming.org. We have a really great conference in February. It's in going to be in the Lancaster County area. And there's a great opportunity to connect with farmers or other farmers, food producers, or just to like learn about what's going on in the food system or in regenerative agriculture. You know, people are really interested in how their food is grown. And you can find out from the source if you join PASA or learn about some of the other farmers in your community. We really love the work that they do.
0: Yeah, that comes through in, in your answer right there. Very much comes through. Sue I, I I can tell just from our conversation today and certainly from conversations you and I have had prior to today that community really matters to you and it's a lot about it's a big part of what you're doing out at the farm is engaging your local community and supporting them. So And you do a lot for your community, so thank you for that. Can you tell us um, how the local local community can support you?
2: Well, I think it's really important for the local community to, like, just recognize that there are farms in the area, you know? So that, like I said, um, this morning I was out here and I loaded in the milk and started making cheese. And I saw the milk truck come down the road to pull in to pick up milk around 830 this morning. Now, we do live kind of on a country road here, a horseshoe trail. It's not like a super highway, but people are commuting to work. And um, I just want people to be able to have a little patience. As the milk truck was pulling into the driveway, somebody was pa- past them on the inside, which really creates a dangerous situation. So I feel like, you know, if you know that there's a farm there, you see equipment coming in. I think that you can people just be aware that this is all part of the purpose. It's just not a random delivery truck that they're coming here to do farm work. I think that's one way that you can just be aware of tractors on the road, like having patience for that. Um, it sounds so basic, but it is really helpful to us when we're navigating with our equipment on the road. But another way is to just, um, Come out to the farm and learn about, you know, what we do here. Try some of our cheeses. Open your mind to the new flavors that they may be if they're unfamiliar to you. Um, come and just, like, appreciate the beauty of what West Vincent has to offer. Um big part of West Vincent Township, where our farm is, has been preserved. It's going to remain the way it looks now into perpetuity. And I think, you know, the more people that understand that, and you know really embrace the beauty of that the better so that's a great way to support us is like recognize that there's a farm here be patient if we're walking cows across the road or a cow gets out people are actually really great about that um they'll come in and they'll say there's a little calf out can i help you get them and you know it's really really good really helpful to us when people say that because there's only you know a couple of us here and there's a lot of things happening so you know stop, introduce yourself to us. You know, we'd love to welcome you to the neighborhood if you're new in the neighborhood, but we just want to get to know everybody, you know, and if you're interested in sharing some cheese, that's a bonus.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Speaking of getting to know people, uh, are you hiring or looking for help, especially when it comes to your cheese making process?
2: Well, right now we're kind of slowing down for now that as we come wrap up the holidays, it's December. As we're talking, we're, um, about wrapping it up. But I would say, you know, come springtime, when we start the farmers markets, we would start looking for some extra help, maybe with the farmers markets or helping us at the happy hour. When things get full swing at the happy hour, we're always adding things. Sometimes we're frying up cheese curds or we're making, um, you know, grilled cheese and soups. So, uh, just stay connected with us. You could follow us on social media and learn about what some of our needs may be as we uh, move into the spring season. It's going to be a little bit quieter here for the winter months.
0: That's probably a good thing. I expect you're looking forward to that. I imagine farm life is is hard work.
2: Yes. it's. Uh, we always say it would be a tough job if you didn't love it. You know, when you think about <laughs> seven days a week, we're lucky we happen to really love it. <laughs>
0: Indeed. So I, I, as we kind of come to the end of our time here, I have to come back to cheese. I just have to. And I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions, and and maybe you can chat your answer after I get through room both. So what is the crowd-favorite cheese that you make? What separates you from the competition? And then my other question is really around, tell me about your personal favorite cheese, mostly that you like to eat and then also that you like to make.
2: Well... I guess the, I guess we sell more of our Bertrand Blue than we do any other cheese. But in our program, we try to have a cheese for everyone. It just happens to be that there's not a lot of blue cheeses made in the region. There are a handful of them and we've probably been making it longer than most so that you find it on the menu at a lot of restaurants in the Mid-Atlantic region. Um, you'll find it in, you know, like little food co-ops or, um, at different retailers or cheese shops. I think that's the one we're most well known for. And if you're a little bit tentative about blue cheese, I understand it can be polarizing, but I'm here to tell you that the Bertrand blue is very friendly. It's a very flirtatious blue cheese. Um, it's, Dill has those little peppery notes that can be a little bit imposing to some folks, but it really is balanced out with a butteriness. So if you're at all, you know, tentative about blue cheese, come on out and give the Bertrand Blue a try. But I'd say that's our most popular one for sure. And then I guess if I was going to think about my most popular one, listen, Liam, that is a tough question. Can I ask you which bunny is your favorite bunny? Can you, can you answer always ask. that?
1: You can
0: ask. <laughs> I won't answer.
2: You're out of your two bunnies. I don't know. It kind of depends on my mood. the blue is always up there. I could eat it like a piece of cake, no problem. Um I we have a wash drying cheese that's a little bit of a stinker called Red Cat. It's pungent, it's rich, it's meaty, it's brothy. It's probably our family's favorite cheese. In fact, our son Jesse sells more of that than anybody else does. But I do love a little bit of a stinky cheese. You know, I'm not going to lie. I I always have that red cat, like, right there if I'm going to be snacking. But listen, I like cheese curds. I like cheddar cheese. I like spreads. We make a camembert style called Little Shardy. I'm open to all cheeses, obviously. But I'd say that little stinker is right up there with the Bertrand Blue for me.
1: (laughs) Sue Miller, cheesemaker, farmer, community builder. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we say goodbye, please tell us where we can find you online and learn more about your farm and your wonderful stinky cheese. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can find us online at birchrunhillsfarm.com You can follow us on Facebook at Birch Run Hills Farm or Instagram at Birch Run Hills. We'd love to meet with you in person or over social media.
0: Sue, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you and chatting with you and learning about your cheese making and your farm. Thank you so much.
2: Oh, thanks so much for having me. I loved chatting about these things
1: as I'm sure you can tell awesome well we will have all of the links that Sue mentioned as well as uh, other resources like PASA in the show notes you can find all of the show notes every episode and you could subscribe to our show and find out when that live event is going to be uh, over at startlocal.co that's startlocal.co thanks so much for listening and let's all grow in Chesco.